was pretty cool. And uh, again, a big welcome to our online family, wherever you are in the world. Uh, we just love having you as a uh, part of Connect Church, wherever it is that you are. Church, can we just give a big hello uh, to them as well? I want to talk about signs today. I want to, I want, I want to talk about signs today, sign language. We don't always uh, understand the signs. There was a sign placed uh, upon the cross of Jesus that sat above his head. What was the meaning of that sign? I I don't always understand the signs. I, I, I sometimes read signs wrong and end up in the wrong place. Come on, somebody. Anybody else uh, uh, done that? I've, I've been married for a long time uh, now, some 30-something years. And, uh, yeah, that, but, but, I, but I know when we first, when we, when, when we first met, and, and I didn't read the nonverbal signs. Any husbands? In there? I didn't read the, the nonverbal signs that were... Uh, um, there, you know, I remember before we were married, I remember in India, we were living in India, and, and um, it was a really hot day, like India's hot, right, 47 degrees or something like that, it was a stinging hot day, and I said we weren't going out or anything like that, she was on the team that we were in, and, and I, I wanted to have a drink, and I, I said to her, oh, uh, uh, Anita, uh, would, you like a, would you like a drink? And she said, she said to me, no, and so I drank the whole drink, come on somebody. I didn't read the signs. <laughs> I, I soon became aware of the signs after I had finished the drink. Come on. Uh, uh, it got really quiet. Uh, and, and I started, okay, what, what are the I started to read the, the signs. I, I, I've, I've, I've got better over the years at reading, reading, reading the signs. Um, still trying, still trying, still trying. I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I've learned, I've learned that, you know, if you say to your, your, your sweetheart is is, is is something wrong, and she says nothing. Uh, she say, or she says no, nothing's wrong. How how many know everything's wrong? Come on, somebody. I've learned to read the. Come on, Carl. Carl yeah, come on. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's married to my daughter. Uh, yeah, you, you, you pick up those those signs, and and you try to read the language. You don't always know what the language. Is because sometimes you, you come into the, like I'll come into the uh, uh, room and, and, and she, you know, my, my clothes, she did it last night. I mean, that my clothes are everywhere. And, uh, you know, everything in its place, wherever it is. And, and my clothes were everywhere. And, and, but I've learned, to try, well, trying to get the language, and she'll come in and goes, are these your clothes? Are these your undies? And I'm like, if they're not my undies, whose are they? Come on, somebody. I, I mean, but I've learned to understand that when she's saying, are these your clothes? She's really saying, what's, what's the message? She's really saying, pick these up. Move them. I, I didn't spot the signs. I didn't read the signs. I didn't understand the signs. And John 19 verse 19, it says, Pilate posted a sign. Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Hebrew, in some versions it says Aramaic. 
The sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek so that many people could read it. Then the leading priests objected and said to Pilate, change it. Change it from the king of the Jews to he said he was the king of the Jews. And Pilate replied, no, what I have written, I have written. You ever wondered why the sign, why the sign above Christ's head? Why, why was it written in, I mean, why, was it, why did it need to be written in three languages? Why, why does what it say trouble the, the Hebrew priests, uh, rub them up the wrong way? And why, why did Pilate refuse to change the sign? Well, what, what is important about the sign? Well, what is it that, what made this trilingual, handwritten, Roman commissioned sign so important that it was mentioned in all four of the Gospels? There are many parts of the crucifixion that are not mentioned in all four. They might be mentioned in one, they might be mentioned in two, perhaps three. But this hanging of the sign was mentioned in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and gospel simply means the account of Jesus' life, four different perspectives of who Jesus was seen through four different pairs of eyes. What was it about this sign? What was it that God was, was saying through the sign that would help us for our lives today? I would suggest there are two possible things God would say to us through the sign. I'm sure there's more, but I'm only going to focus on on two. But for me, the sign reminds us of one, what, what was intended for evil, God turned for good. The sign reminds us what was intended for evil, God turned for good. And the second thing I think the sign says to us is that God speaks our language. God speaks our language. God speaks your language. If we look at number one, what was intended for evil, God turned for good. I, that was my daughter on the, the Connect News video, as you will know. And, and she, she right now is heavily, in fact, in the first uh, 8 a.m. service, I said she's, she's heavenly, which she is most of the time, right, Kyle? Uh, but because of Kyle, she's now heavily pregnant. And, and <laughs> you know, she's about to give birth. She's, you can tell her on the video. She's like, she's not, she's like... I'm excited to be, you know, because she's, it's there. And because cause she's pregnant, her body's all changing and, 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 you know, girl stuff and all that. Not that I understand. Come on, somebody. I'm just a man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but I have to sit because all the girls are in the house and she'll come and she'll say, Mom, my, this is happening and that is happening. And like a good Indian mother, she'll say, Grace, Grace, don't worry. It's a good sign. It's a very good sign. If that is happening to you, it's a good sign as opposed to a bad sign. It's a, it's a good sign. What you're going through, what's happening to you is a good sign. It's a, and we do read signs like baptism was a sign. We had baptism before. The, the, the rainbow is a sign. The, 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 the uh, uh, circumcision was a sign. And all the men said, oh, no, hallelujah. <laughs> but it wasn't. God's into signs. You've got to understand that. God is into into signs and wonders. He's into signs. And, and so, so Anita was saying it, it's, a, it's a good sign as opposed to a bad sign. They were reading the, 
the signs. And we have to ask the question, because it can be confusing about the sign that hung above Jesus' head. Was it a good sign or was it a bad sign? What kind of sign was it? Well, what we do know is that what the sign said immediately bore fruit. Certainly in the criminal's life who was hanging next to Jesus, if you remember the response of the uh, uh, criminal, remember Jesus was, was hung in between two criminals. And one of the criminals uh, uh, looked over and, and, and called out to, to Jesus. And so that what, what was said on the sign immediately bore fruit. Think about that, uh, that person for moments from his own death on a cross placed next to Jesus, he turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Think about me. Remember me. And I don't know if you've thought about it, but it's a really interesting choice of words. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. How, how did you get on to talking about a kingdom? He's, he doesn't plead or, or say, hey, Jesus, save me. He doesn't beg, hey, hey, you have mercy on my soul. No, his appeal is that of a servant to a king. Yeah. Why does he refer to Jesus' kingdom? I mean, could have been that perhaps he had heard Jesus speak before. Maybe he was at this. He was one of the thousands at the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe he'd heard about what Jesus had Claim, But the most likely reason he mentioned about the kingdom is he had turned and read the sign. He, he had read the sign which said, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And the thief was, was of course, because of his situation, the thief was in a royal mess. And at that time, he turned his head towards the cross and saw the sign which had a royal proclamation and therefore he decided in that moment to ask for a royal pardon. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for royal pardons. Anybody else received a royal pardon because of what Christ has done? Only a few of you have put your hands up, so therefore we're going to need to preach hard today. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we thank him for our royal pardon. But it might have been just that simple. He turned his head and saw saw the sign. And if that is so, if that is so, that means the sign was a good sign. In fact, that would make the sign the first tool used to proclaim the message of the gospel. That sign was the first tool. Today we use many tools here. There's Instagram and, and, and Facebook. Claudette was Instagramming before and making that, sending it out to the, sending it out to the world. There's many tools that we use, but, 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 but if, if, if this criminal found Christ, if this person hanging on the cross found Christ through reading that sign, for Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. If this was the first, that sign was the first tool that was used to proclaim the message of the cross and oh, what a message it was. So because of that sign then, a soul was saved. Now understand this, I think this is, Important. Understand Pilate's intention when he put the sign on the cross. His, his intention wasn't like, I really want to spread the gospel. Come on, somebody. 
That was not Pilate's intention when he put that on the cross. He was not intending for that to be a good sign. Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, servant of the great emperor Tiberius, when hanging the sign on the cross, was not trying to communicate the message of Jesus. In fact, the, the, the opposite is true. The sign above Jesus' head was never intended to be taken as a message of hope. Never. The opposite is true. It was not meant to be a good sign. It was meant to be a bad sign. The sign, in fact, was to say in so many ways that, hey, Jewish people, this is what becomes of your king. It was the sign that was to say, this is what Rome, the great power of Rome, does with your king. The sign was meant to uh, communicate or trying to say to, to the nation of Israel and all who feasted their eyes upon the scene that the king of this nation is blessed like a slave, just like a criminal. It was meant to be a bad sign, a bad sign. And if such be your king, what must the nation be like whose king you be? It's meant to be a bad sign, but as Pilate had intended what? For the sign to do what? Pilate had intended the sign to scare, to threaten, to, uh, 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 to mock. But God had another purpose. See, Pilate, unbeknown to him, became God's instrument for spreading the gospel. He didn't know it, didn't realize he was doing it. But he became God's instrument for spreading the gospel. Without even knowing it, Pilate took dictation from God and wrote it on the sign. He took dictation. God whispered it. He wrote it. And hung it. On the cross. As the scripture says. What man had intended. For evil. God. Had turned it for good. And can I just say. That, that can be for any part of our lives here today. Whatever you're walking through, whatever you're going through, whatever difficulties and troubles you might be having, understand that no matter how bad it is, God can turn it around. Yeah. You say, but Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. It can't be any worse than what Jesus went through. Come on, someone. If God can take that and turn it around for good, how much more can he not take your situation? How much more? Come on, I'm preachers preaching good. How, how, how much more? I'm telling you, I'm preaching better than I did in the last service. I'm just telling you, just telling you. What difference can he make if we would just turn our, turn our lives around? If he can do it here, he can do it. If he can do it there, he can do it here. Whatever you face, whatever you're going through, he can turn around evil for good. I mean, we, uh, we even saw it this, this week as we watched the flames tower over Notre Dame Cathedral and we saw the spire fall and 800 years of history end up in ashes. But when the fire was out and people could see in, what did they see? What glowed in the dark? What glowed in the dark among the ashes in the, in the midst of that tragedy? It was the cross. The cross. And the usual negative news media suddenly 
decided to turn and say, a sign of hope. The cross became a sign of we will rebuild. The cross became a sign of, uh, 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 of uh, uh, God's not finished with us yet. One thing clearly glowing and, and still standing in the midst of the ashes. And friends, I'm going to tell you, in the ashes of your life, let me tell you, a cross stands. Come on. No matter what you've gone through, what's burnt you up, or no matter what you're thing, in the middle of the ashes of your life, a cross stands. See, what happened when, you, when we watched that on the news? It was It was hopeless. And then suddenly, God, we see the cross and we became hopeful. And it wasn't always that way. I mean, the cross, you think about it. I've said it a few weeks ago when we were talking about the problem of evil. But the cross in Roman days was never a good sign. The cross in Roman days was a... It was never a good sign. It was always a bad, a bad sign. We, we, we need to understand that. I mean, we, we don't think, think about it. The cross is a Roman a, a instrument of Roman torture. I mean, when people wear crosses around your neck, you, you, you never wear a, a necklace with a guillotine on it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I just lost my head when I saw this. No, no, that's a little, okay, that didn't work. A little, I made that up. <laughs> yeah, okay, delete that one. Yeah. But the reality was we wouldn't use a, a, a symbol of torture around our neck. But something has happened with the, with the cross, and, and, and God has taken that which was intended for evil. See, the cross was meant for what? The cross was meant, mentioned for, for death, for suffering, for pain. Yet God has turned it around to, to, to become a symbol of, a sign of redemption, grace, and mercy for all, all of mankind. So God used Pilate, the Roman governor, to spread the gospel. Think about that. I love that. <laughs> not a Christian, not a believer, but he used the Roman governor to spread the gospel. So what does that mean to me? It means simply this. To me, the sign reveals the perfect picture of God's heart when it comes to his desire to reach the world. And that is that there is nothing or no one that God won't use to get his message across. Come on, somebody. You know what that means? He might even just use you. Come on. He might even just, well, I'm not perfect yet. But he might even just... Use you. See, what Pilate thought, what Pilate thought would be a, a full stop to the end of the story became the first chapter of a new one. What was intended to be a, a, a sign of an horrific end became a sign of a wonderful hope. Why? Because the sign began to change the destiny of all those who read it. And everyone, the reality is everyone could read it. For it was written, we know, as I said before, it was written in three of the most prominent languages of 
the day, Hebrew or Aramaic, Latin and Greek. Hebrew, Aramaic being the language of Israel, the language of religion, Latin being the language of Rome, the language of law and government, and Greek being the the language of Greece, the language of culture, the language of intellect. And on the sign, Christ was declared king in them all. The message was the same, but the language was different, symbolizing what? That Jesus was a king for all people. So the message would be in the tongues of all people, which brings us to number two. Jesus speaks your language. Jesus speaks your language. There is no language that God will not speak. We lived in India, as you know, for for so many years. India has so many languages, and it can be so frustrating when you're trying to communicate to people about something or or trying to communicate just simple ideas so someone could understand. I, I I remember just seeing it, you know, look, it, it, it can be absolutely frustrating. It can be complicated. It can be confusing. It can be funny. It can be funny. I remember uh, these guys at one airport and th- th- these two people who could not speak the same language. The airport guy was trying to tell the guy, you need to weigh your hand luggage. But the guy couldn't understand whatever language he spoke. And so when he'd say, put your hand luggage on the scale, the man would keep stepping onto the a scale and the guy was like no not I don't need to weigh you I, I, I need to weigh your hand luggage get off the scale so he'd get off and he's like now put your hand luggage so he'd pick his hand luggage up and then he would stand on the scale thinking he had to be completely completely weighed I mean it can be frustrating when you're uh, or funny depending on what view you have on it but when you come out of the airport and you're trying to look for a, a rickshaw to get to wherever it is that you've got to go and you say uh, hey 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 buddy do you know where so and so such a such a place is and he goes yes yes and then you're driving in the rickshaw all over the place and then you suddenly realize after about half an hour that he's actually driving you around to find someone who speaks your language and his language so he can actually ask because he realizes the only word he needs to know at the airport is yes yes you know where it is yes yes do you know what you're talking about yes 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 That's why I talk in an Indian accent, you know. Like here, yeah, I'm doing it for fun. But I, I in India, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, we were in Queens, uh, Queenstown. We were actually with John and Jillian Cameron from Arise, and we were. We said, okay, let's catch an Uber. That ordered an Uber. We said, let's let's jump in and we'll we'll, we'll cruise. So because I'm a little bigger, <laughs> uh, I jumped in the front, yo yo, and they jumped in the back with Anita. And uh, anyway, we had an Indian cab driver. Surprise! And so it was like we were t- we, uh, as I was talking, where are you from? He's like, I'm from Bombay. Yeah, really? We also lived in Bombay. What part of Bombay did you live? I lived in this part. Yeah, we used to stay very near that. John Cameron's going to Anita is, is what, what, what is he doing? What is he doing? Because it's like, it's like but, but see, here's the thing. is When I go to India and I speak like that, when I, when I go to India and I speak like that, what they say to me, you know what? You know what? You can say, yes, what, what? You know what they said? They said this, wow. What beautiful English you've got. Absolutely perfect. We can understand everything that you're saying. Because they can't understand Kiwis. And they sure can't understand Australians. And I walk as Australians, they arrive in their mouth. You can't even know what they're talking about. For me, they say, you've got perfect English. Very good. 
And so I'll preach like that because they can understand it. They just think it, I'm amazing. <laughs> Why? Because they understand my language. I want to tell you, Jesus understands your language. He speaks your language. And when I'm saying that, I'm not talking about uh, some dialect, uh, Hindi or, uh, or Sri Lankan or whatever, uh, whatever it is, Canadian. I speak Canadian. Come on. American, British. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just talking about those kind of languages. No, he, what language does he speak? He speaks the language of your heart. He knows the language of your heart. See, he knows your heart language. The Bible says from our heart, the mouth speaks. From our heart, the Bible says the issues of our life flow. The Bible says as we think in our heart, so we are. And so he speaks to the heart of the day-to-day -day dramas of our lives. Anybody had any day-to-day -day dramas? Anybody had a drama? Thank you, thank you. I see that hand, I see that hand. Come forward to the altar. No, no, don't no, say that. Anybody sitting next to the drama right now? Come on, <laughs> Oh, Lord Jesus. Come up for healing. But he speaks to the day-to-day -day dramas in our lives. He speaks to our issues. He speaks to our struggles. He, he speaks to whatever you're thinking or where, to wherever you're at. He understands. He speaks your uh, language. And the most incredible thing for me is that he still speaks today. He still speaks today. Why? Because, see, the Easter story does not finish with a funeral. It finishes with a festival. Come on. Because we're not here because we were... We worship a God who was alive and is now dead. We are here because we worship a God who was dead and he's now alive. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that's, that's worth a praise break right there. The victim of the cross is now loose and at large. He has risen. The victim has become the victor at the cross of Jesus. What happened? Sin was conquered, Satan was defeated, and mankind was redeemed. Tragedy turned to triumph. He has risen. The tomb is empty. He has risen from the dead. And because he rose, we can rise. Because he got up, we can get up. That's what, why baptism is so powerful. It's what baptism symbolizes. It's a good sign. And because he lives, and because he lives, he can speak to you today. Because he lives, he can speak to your struggles. Because he lives, he can speak to your situation. He can speak to your issues. He can spend. Lord knows we have issues. Come on. He can speak to us in a language that we understand. And what's he saying? Simply this. Come to me. All you who are weary, come. His, his call to us today is to come. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find, you will find. If you will come to him, you will find rest for your souls. Why? Because his burden 
His yoke is easy and His burden is light. So we should come to Him. We should come to Him. Would you bow your head for a moment and close your eyes? Lord, we... We take a moment even now in this service to come to you. Remember, he speaks to our heart. If, if we, we, the Bible says if we seek, we will find. If we knock, the door will be open. So I, I, I pray even in this moment, you're knocking and you're seeking. And you're coming. There will be people here. You're wearied down. You're burdened down. And you're saying, I need Jesus today. Well, come. Another version says, come, all who are thirsty. Are you thirsty? Then come. In the quietness of your heart, wherever you're sitting, wherever you are, back, front, left, or right, you, you, you know that this is a place, this is a moment, this is a, an altar call where, where things can be altered. And so, Lord, you know every, the state of everyone's heart, you know the state of everyone's situation. And today, on this... Easter Sunday, we, we, we give our heart to you, we come to you, and would ask that we would get rest for our souls, for our lives, for those who are perhaps far away from, from God. Maybe you've never actually given your life to Him. Maybe you've never actually said yes to Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer and a prayer that invites him in to be, that says to, literally says to Jesus, come in, be the king of my life. Don't just be as it's written on the sign, king of the Jews. He's the king of all people. Not just a king, but a king of kings. The king of kings. He's not just a way, he's the way. He's not just a truth, he's the truth. He's the life today if you would ask him into your heart by repeating this simple prayer everyone repeat after me Lord Jesus I come to you today a sinner in need of a savior today I give my life to you I repent of my sin turn from my wicked way and ask you to be Lord and savior of my life in Jesus name